Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your lovely host, Rafael Machuszewski, and this is another solo episode in the car. And, you know, we're basically halfway through January, and I've been doing a lot of reflecting. And when I posted the top five solo episodes, a lot of them were kind of more training and rehab based. So I thought that today I would kind of go down that path and get another episode going on kind of that um, topic or I don't know where I'm going with this anyway. Um, I want to do some shout outs. I looked ahead earlier and number one, this city has popped up on my number one spot, number, you know, my top five a lot actually um, is New York City and New York. Shout out to everyone in New York City listening to my show. That's awesome. I love the East Coast love. Number two, and I, God, I am so angry about this. I totally forgot the city's name, but it's somewhere in California. So shout out to everyone in California listening to my show. Super humbling to have people outside of the city that I live in listening to my show. Number three, kind of a local city, all the way in Victoria, British Columbia. Shout out to everyone in Victoria listening to my show. That's super cool. One of my favorite places to visit with my wife. If you live in BC or have a trip coming up to go to BC, definitely check out Victoria. And I wanted to make a honorable mention of number four, because this is the first time I've ever seen this city show up on my top 10 is all the way Saskatchewan, uh, city of Saskatoon. Fuck, I can't even talk right now. Saskatoon. Jeez, man. Sometimes when I have a word that is somewhat complicated, I try to rush it and then it ends up coming out terrible and then when I try to repeat it over and over again it gets just worse and worse and worse so I'm not going to even bother but uh, shout out to everyone in the interior of Canada listening to my show ah see this is what happens when you're an immigrant you know you immigrant to Can- immigrate to Canada and then you have these weird like immigrant tendencies of mispronouncing things and it's a lot worse for my parents where like yeah, I'm not going to get down this whole rabbit hole talking about random shit. But um, what I want to talk about today is back pain and specifically low back pain. And I think I've brought up this topic before, but in a uh, more of a deadlift uh, setting. And, you know, the stats of low back pain are staggering. It's ridiculous. Like, you know one out of two people probably now have experienced some sort of low back pain where it was pretty severe to the point where they maybe have missed work or you know um, could barely function and they kind of just waited it out and now they kind of have that reoccurring symptom here and there so the first thing to kind of understand about low back pain is that there's no like specific one there's no such thing as specific low back pain like it's gonna vary person to person and 
there's a lot of things that you can do and there's a lot of stuff that you shouldn't do. So the first thing, since I've been working in a chiropractic clinic, and now it's more of a multidisciplinary clinic where we have massage, physio, and osteopathic practitioners, but um, the first thing you wanna rule out is whether or not the low back pain is flexion-based or extension-based. So to kind of give clarification on what that is, and honestly, a really, really good resource is um, one of Dr. Stuart McGill's book. Uh, I think it's called The Low Back Mechanic, and it was written for um, you know tr- like newer trainers, but primarily for um, you know the general population because the general population are the ones that deal with low back pain. So in there, there's a lot of protocols to figure out what the pain trigger is. Um, honestly, I could do a whole presentation about this and maybe I'll do that coming up. I think that'd be kind of good to do a whole PowerPoint presentation on that. But um, yeah, he goes through a different um, protocols to figure out what the trigger is. So the two that we look at the clinic is again, flexion and extension. Um, I've seen I would say probably 90% of the people that we see are all flexion-based um, low back pain, meaning if they take their spine from a neutral position, like if they are standing, and they bend forward with their spine, rounding their back to like pick something off the floor, they get pain in their low back. So that would be a flexion-intolerant back. Now for an extension-based uh, low back pain, it would be the opposite. So imagine if you're standing up straight in a neutral position and you're extending backwards um, and then you get pain, right? So for extension-based low back pain, I find that tends to happen with more so the population of um, athletics. So people that um, say do CrossFit. So if you think of CrossFitters, a lot of their exercises are extension based. So when they deadlift at the top, that's extension. When they squat to the top, that's extension. When they do an overhead snatch or a clean, they end in extension. They're always kind of hyper extended. And then their low back feels pain in that position. It's just like anything. If I poke my head forward over and over and over again, my neck is not gonna feel that great by the end of the day, right? Like our bodies are meant to move in so many different planes of motion, and if you overload one, um, it tends to not feel good after a while. Um, And another example is people like gymnasts who are very more upright. Like think of those athletes that are always in extension patterns, that's where it'll present extension low back pain. So for the sake of the time that we have today together, I'm gonna go over more of the flexion-based low back pain. So in the clinic, we obviously do an assessment to figure all this stuff out. But usually when we have people with low back pain and we ask them to flex forward, they can barely reach down and it can be pretty bad. Now, there's a couple things here. It can be a mechanical issue where it's literally like soft tissue that, you know, all the muscles around your spine, your vertebrae are just like super tight and angry that are preventing you from moving and they're sending pain signals. That can be more of like a mechanical issue. A discogenic issue is a whole nother story. You could be so flexion intolerant 
that you're actually pushing your discs within your vertebrae in between out a little bit that are hitting a nerve and you're getting discogenic pain. This is more of an extreme situation, but it can happen in every day. Like, I've had a discogenic injury myself and it, it was so stupid. It was never anything cool. I literally just bent over to pick up my laptop bag. All I had in that bag was my laptop and maybe a few pens and a notebook, right? So what are we talking about? Maybe at the most six pounds, five pounds? And my entire back gave out. It was terrible. I could not even stand up straight. I had to crawl to my car and it took me several hours before I could actually walk without holding my breath and bracing. It was that bad. So that's more of an example of a discogenic flexion-based low back injury. So in those cases, I always refer out, like as a trainer, I'm not gonna be able to fix it. Now I could temporarily help the individual, AKA my client, but again, it's like, that person would be so much better to go see a chiropractor or a physio. Now, you know, in my training in the clinic, I have some other tools that could help. The big one is I can rock tape someone's low back to help with the pain, but they still need to get assessed thoroughly th with a practitioner and um, get some treatment done. But if someone has just a, you know, low back flare up due to a flexion based activity, Usually what happens is, if you look at our society today, everyone sits all fucking day. I would say at least 90% of our day cons consists of, you know, sitting. And then probably 8% of the rest of the day is us sleeping. And then a 2% of the day is us walking in between our sitting. So when you look at that, like our spine constantly goes into flexion in a seated position. And just like anything, that repetitive motion over and over and over and over again, is gonna cause some stress on the low back extensors or the paraspinals. And over time, your body's gonna be like, F this, things are gonna get tighter and tighter. And then when you go do something athletic or bend one more time over to grab your sock, your back tells you to fuck right off. Right? So what can you do in those situations? The first thing I do when we see a pretty severe low back uh, flexion intolerant um, patient is we start with belly breathing. You know, anytime there's an injury that occurs, your nervous system is like redlining the shit out of your body to prevent movement because it doesn't want you to do anything worse. So that's why when you injure yourself, you don't feel like moving. Everything hormonally and inside your body is causing a process to prevent movement. But we all know in a rehab setting that movement is what's gonna help. So the first thing to do is communicate to your nervous system to calm the F down. So by using our diaphragm with big, big, big diaphragmic breaths, it starts the process to tell your body to chill the F out. So when you look at anatomy, especially with the cranial nerves that are responsible for certain things in our body, the cranial nerve that's most important in this situation is your vagus nerve. It goes from your 
brain down into your diaphragm. Every single deep diaphragmic breath you take stimulates that nerve. That nerve is responsible for um, de-stressing your body and uh, producing hormones to keep you calm. So in this heightened situation where you are in pain, it would make sense to send signals into your entire body to calm down. Because usually when you have a low back um, episode, you're kind of just really, really tense and you don't want to move. So that's the first step. And then learning how to hinge with your hips with that breathing strategy. I do this with every single patient in the clinic, teaching them how to move through their hips and not through their low back. The more you can you know, stimulate the movement pattern, the better. So then when you do go pick something off the ground like your child, because let's face it, a lot of the people I train and see are parents. They injure themselves and now they're like, holy shit, how am I supposed to pick up my toddler, pick up my baby without being in pain? So if I can teach them, teach the nervous system how to rewire itself to learn how to hinge and pick something up, it's gonna help them a lot. But it takes time to kind of reprogram all the pain signals. So it's one step at a time. So two things to remember, breathing through your diaphragm, Two, learning how to utilize that breath in a spine-sparing movement like the hip hinge because you stay in a neutral position the entire time. So I'm gonna stop it right there because I could like talk about this forever, but anytime there's a low back episode, make sure you start with breathing and you get into a habit of learning spine sparing exercises like the hip hinge. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Hopefully you got something out of it. Thank you guys so much for listening to me ramble and I'm sorry if the noise got loud because of the rain, but thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing. Share this podcast with your friends and family. You guys are the best. Until next time.